thing? And the answer is emphatically no. And the reason for that is there is no other faith where the deity or the God expressed himself to his creation. That every other faith requires that people work to reach God. But our God came to us. God with us. We've been in the middle of a series called Revealed. We've been talking about the hope and the joy and the peace of God that has been revealed to us, has been revealed in our lives. You know, that God's heart for us and his desire all along was that he would reveal himself. In fact, we've read a few times out of Isaiah 65, 1, and I want to read it again this morning because today that reminder is so needed. It's so needed for us. Isaiah 65, 1, he says this, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me, I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. I love this passage because it captures the heart of God that says, I want to reveal myself to you. So on Christmas morning, gifts that are wrapped and placed under a tree look pretty. Do they not look pretty? How many of you actually have presents under the tree already? Right? And how many of you is just killing you? You're like, ah, presents look beautiful under the tree, but we understand that the wrapping is not the gift. That there is something that is concealed, that is hidden, that you can't see right now, that in just a few short days, you'll get to take off the covering and you will get to reveal what is hidden. That God's desire was to remove the veil that covered and remove the veil and remove the veil that separated us from him. And in the Old Testament, that was a literal veil. It was a literal curtain in the, in the temple that separated the presence of God from people. But all along God's heart, his desire was this. I want to reveal myself to you. And a baby laid in a manger, a baby born 2,000 years, years ago, became the ultimate expression of God's revealing love. It, that baby, that baby boy we saw in that video, just, just a baby, helpless, in very meager circumstances, Born into a world to bring the awesome love of God to bear in our lives. It blows my mind. It's beyond comprehension that God would do what he did. I was watching a little video clip about uh, Christmas the other day. And it was a father talking about uh, the idea that God gave his son. And he ends the video saying, I I couldn't do it. He's looking at it. He's baby boy. And he says, I couldn't do it. I couldn't give up my son. What an awesome gift we have in Jesus Christ. Hope is revealed. Joy is revealed. Peace is revealed. And then this morning, love. Love is revealed. I want to start off in Matthew chapter 1 this morning. Matthew chapter 1, if you want to turn in your Bibles to that passage. And then we're also going to be in 1 John as well. So Matthew chapter 1, and then if you want to open to 1 John, right before Revelation, it's one of those books that if 
you flip, you know, if two pages stick together, you'll miss it because it's such a short book. But right before Revelation, the book of John, 1 John. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Um, you know, we, Luke chapter 2 is, is our go-to passage for reading the Christmas story. And in fact, I want to encourage you and your family this week, Christmas morning, um, you'll notice that we have one candle that's not been lit today. This is the Christ candle. We've lit the hope candle and the joy candle and the peace candle this morning, the love candle. But the Christ candle is the final candle right at the center. And we're not going to light that today. Here's what I'm asking that you do. Would you take time this week, this, on Christmas Day, on that morning, would you read the story of the birth of Christ out of Luke chapter 2 with your family? And, and even if you've not done Advent in your home throughout the season, that's okay. Would you find a candle? And would you light the Christ candle in your home this week as you read that story? Let the light of God's love shine in your home in the same way that a little flame can drive back darkness. Let that light symbolically be lit in your home as you remember what God has done. Well, this morning, I'm actually not going to start in Luke because Luke doesn't really talk that much about Joseph. I want to read a little bit about Joseph this morning and, and this, the encounter he had with this angel. So Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18 says this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Just so you know, in that culture, a a marriage, a, a betrothal engagement was as good as being married. You know, in our culture, it's once you say your I do's at the altar, but in, in, the, in the Jewish culture, when you were betrothed, when you got engaged, you were seen as being married. Um, and that's why the, the, the language here, he says he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is confused conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from all their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When, Jesus, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary home his wife, as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. God with us. You will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will deliver his people. I don't know about you, but... I've read this passage before, and I'm like, well, what's, it says, call him Jesus, give him the name Jesus, but then he'll also be called Emmanuel. And let me explain what that means. Emmanuel means God with us, as it says right there. It means God with us, that God came to earth, that he left his place in heaven, took on flesh, and was born. Emmanuel is not 
the given name, but it is a descriptive name of what God did. So, so I, my name is Barry. That, that would be the name you call me, but you also call me pastor because that's my role. Jesus' name was Jesus Christ. It was the name that was given to him, but his function, his role, what he did was he became God in flesh, God with us. And in that, the love of God was revealed. The love of, of God was revealed. The greatest gift ever given. Love revealed. Well, I want to I pause for a second because we've been doing something for the last three weeks that I want to skip over this morning. We've been talking about different car- Christmas carols. Um, and we've been learning a little bit of the history of uh, some Christmas carols that are familiar to us. We talked about O Holy Night, which, you, if you remember, was written by an atheist. Um, but those words are amazing and how that it was the first song played over the radio. Um, and it is the third most recorded Christmas carol in history. Uh, Joy to the World, which, if you remember, is not a Christmas carol at all. It was actually written about the second coming of Christ. Um, uh, what did we do last week? I'm, I'm, it was Silent Night. We did Silent Night last week? No, today is Silent Night. I forget what we did last week. Anyway, we're going to jump into Silent Night. Um, the number one recorded Christmas carol of all time. Um, in fact, it is by a long shot the most recorded Christmas carol, one that is familiar to so many, written in 1816 by a priest named Joseph Moore. The music was composed in 1818 by a gentleman named Franz Gruber and uh, was first performed on Christmas Eve on, in 1818 in Austria in a little village in a small little church. Um, it was translated into English by John Freeman Young in 1859, and it has been translated into over 140 languages. As I mentioned, it's the most recorded Christmas carol. And here's a little bit more trivia for you. The version sung by Bing Crosby is the third best-selling single of all time. Not Christmas carol single, of all singles of all time. Um, we're not going to take time to listen to the whole song this morning, but... Aww. <laughs> um, but I do want to read the words. I do want to read the words. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. I don't really need to read the words, do I? You already are singing it in your head. <laughs> Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, Glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus. Lord, at thy birth. Son of God loves pure light. That in the baby Jesus, in Christ becoming flesh, we see the perfect expression of God's love. 
and it radiates. You've ever seen old paintings of Jesus? You see the, the halo and then there's the, the beams of light. Radiant glows from my holy face. And it was not a literal glowing. Jesus was a baby. And there was no light shining out of him like a science fiction movie. But the love that radiated, radiated in the spiritual realm. It radiated in the heavenlies. Because everything changed in that moment. Romans chapter 5 has been our anchor passage through this series. And I want to read it again this morning, starting in verse 1. Romans, 5, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. I see that pouring. I read that verse and I imagine just a huge pitcher of love just being poured right into my heart. And you can't think about that and not have it affect you. That the love of God has been poured directly from God into your heart. That you are on the receiving end of the greatest gift ever given. That Jesus wasn't just a gift because he was born. He was a gift because of what he brought with him. The love of God expressed to us, made available to us in a way that it hadn't been before. At least not since the Garden of Eden, at least since, uh, not since sin entered the world. God made a way and he revealed his love. John three sixteen and 17 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, we know verse 16 we know verse 16. There's, there's people who don't know the Lord who know verse 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. Why do we give gifts at Christmas? Because it's a reminder that God gave. And some gifts are, are immensely valuable and some gifts are just uh, simple. But the act of giving always expresses the heart of God. And I say that again, the act of giving of your time, of yourself, of your resources, giving a present always expresses the heart of God. And here's one of those spiritual truths that people who don't even know the Lord but exchange gifts on Christmas Day, that they are doing something in the spiritual realm they don't even realize. That when you give, you're expressing the heart of God. And so throughout the world this week, gifts will be exchanged and the heart of God will be revealed to people. I love that. I love how God is subtle, 
how he doesn't impose himself. You know, Jesus didn't come as a, as a king riding on a, on a stallion with a huge sword. When he comes again, that's what he will be like. But he came as a baby, humble, gentle, tender, so that we would understand God's heart for us. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I believe this is one of the areas where the world struggles with our understanding of who God is and the kind of God that he is. And we see the picture of the the man on the throne with the huge white beard and the lightning rod in his hand, and he's just waiting to to smite people, right? You're going to get smoked. Because you're doing things that are wrong and God's just waiting for the opportunity to squish you like a bug. And nothing could be further from the truth that God's desire in his heart is to reveal himself to us and then to save us. That through the person of Jesus Christ, salvation came. Salvation came. Well, I want to talk about two main points this morning. And I'll tell you what they are, and then we're going to unpack some verses together. The first is this. God's love is a gift to be received. God's love is a gift to be received. And then the second one is this. God's love is a gift to be given. His love is a gift to be given. God's love is a gift to be received. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever received a gift that you didn't feel worthy of? Maybe you've gotten something and and you're holding in your hands and and you're thinking or maybe even saying out loud, I I couldn't possibly take this. I couldn't possibly receive this gift. Maybe the words were, were something like this, you spent too much money on this. I feel I feel bad taking this because you you spent so much on this gift. Maybe it's just simply this I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this gift. I don't deserve the love expressed in what you've spent and the time that you've taken. I don't deserve it. And maybe that lack of deserving is something that's known or maybe it's something that's just known to you. And you feel like, oh, I, there's no way. Has anyone ever felt like that? I felt like that. But to receive a gift that you didn't deserve is God's specialty. That's what he loves to do. He goes, yeah, I know you didn't deserve it. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He is so good at giving us things that we don't deserve. Called grace. It's the grace of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. John, the, the, the disciple and then the apostle, um, he, is, he is known as John the Beloved. He talks about himself. In fact, if you read in the Gospel of John, he, talk, he says, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and he's talking about himself. Um, and you can kind of read that and go, he's a little bit arrogant. But here's what I think John really understood. He really owned and, and embraced the fact that God loved him. That he got it, and he was okay with standing up and saying, you know what, Jesus loves me. This I know, because he told me so. <laughs> right? First man to sing, you didn't know that, uh, that John wrote that. Here's what John writes. This is how God showed his love among us. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. How did God express his love to us? How did he show his love? By sending his one and only son to us. No greater expression of love. And I want to tell you this morning that there is probably so many people, many, maybe many of you who've, who've thought about the love of God expressed to you and thought, I don't deserve it. That Jesus is way too good a gift for me. I don't understand how God could give me this kind of gift. I don't understand how God could love me so much. But can I tell you this morning that God's gift of love in Jesus is for you. That he came for you. That he came with you in mind. Megan and I sat and did a Christmas list. Anyone do Christmas list, right? You got to, because you know if you don't, you're going to forget someone. And there's nothing like that feeling when you're opening gifts and you realize you left your uncle out. You're like, oh no, what are we going to do? So we make a list and we're writing down, and there's columns and there's check boxes, and we're going, okay, we're going to make sure that we buy gifts for everyone and we express how much we care about them. And we go to the store and, and we'll think about, okay, well, what, what would that person like? What would they appreciate? Maybe sometimes you've received a list, a wish list, and then you check it twice, right? And now you're singing the song in your head. Um, or you go to the store and you see something and you have someone in mind and you're going, oh, yeah, see, like my dad loves tools. So I know if I go to Harbor Freight, it's a win, it's a win for him. If you don't know what Harbor Freight is, come talk to me after if you're into tools because it's awesome. Because I have my dad in mind. I don't go to Harbor Freight with my dad in mind. I mean, I, I go to Harbor Freight with my dad in mind, but I don't have my mom in mind at Harbor Freight. For my mom, I go to Barnes & Noble because I have that person in mind and I want to find a gift that is a perfect match for who they are so that when they open the gift not only is it something that's useful something that they like it also communicates hey i care about you to actually buy you something that fits you that matches your likes and your personality it expresses my level of care and love that god had you in mind when he sent jesus because he was a perfect match for what you needed. You were exactly, he was exactly what you needed to open, what you needed to receive. And maybe there is that part of you, you're like, whoa, 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 I don't deserve it. And God would say, you're right, you don't, but I'm giving my son to you anyway. In fact, you didn't even ask for him. Isaiah told us that. You weren't even looking for him. And those are the best gifts. I've talked about that already. The gift that you opened that you didn't even ask for and you didn't even think was even a possibility. And under the tree that morning, you open up that gift, you tear off that wrapping. By the way, a quick survey. I want to know 
who are the rippers and the tearers into the present? Who just annihilates? All right. I'm assuming the rest of you are like one strip of tape. Come on, own it. All right. The rest of you are just confused. You're like, what, what are you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm a guy, so I really love the gift bags. That's just great. Oh, a little of the, the paper, right? Oh, thank you for those. I, but I'm a, t- I'm a rip, shred, tear. I'm like, I'm not going about this, you know, taking the tape off. I want to get to the gift. And I appreciate the job you did wrapping the gift, but the wrapping is not the gift. I want to get to the gift that God had you in mind when he sent Jesus. You didn't ask for him. You didn't even know you needed him. But he came anyway, and he was given for you anyway. Yes, it cost him a lot. Some gifts are really spendy, and they cost us. The gift of Jesus, not just his birth, but the sacrifice on the cross, cost him a lot. But he had you in mind, and all the way along he said, this is worth it. You are worth it. Hebrews says that Jesus went to the cross enduring enduring the cross, scorning its shame because of the joy set before him. He had you in mind. You are that joy. So God's gift of love in Christ Jesus is something to be received. I want to encourage you, whether you've known Jesus all your life or you've just known him for a short time, Or maybe you've never even said yes to the love of God through Jesus Christ and received him as your savior. I want to encourage you this morning, receive the love of God expressed in Jesus Christ. I know in my life it's a choice. It's a choice. I have to remind myself every day that I am loved because there is an enemy that every day is trying to tell me that I'm not. That God doesn't love me, that God doesn't care about me, because that mistake that I made, that attitude that I have, I had, that thing that I said, that thought that I thought, that how could God possibly love you? And God says, I do. I've given my son as a gift of love for you to receive, no matter what. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So God's gift is a A gift of love is a gift to be received. And then secondly, this morning, God's love is a gift to be given. God's love is a gift to be given. See, because on the flip side, maybe you've been given a gift um, that you thought wasn't very good. Or maybe you've given a gift that you thought, you know what, I'm giving this gift, and it's, it's not the best. It's all I had. I tried, and you kind of give it sheepishly or maybe even hesitate. Should I even give this gift? Will it be appreciated? But it's all I can give. If you've ever been in that place, you know that the tension that exists, exists in your own heart in going there. In, a, in our bathroom, on the counter, there's a little piece of pottery. It's a little, it's a little bowl, little jar. It's just about that big. And it's what Megan puts her rings in at night. And it's, it's something that one of our kids made years ago. 
in a, in a little class, and they formed it, and you can kind of see where their thumbs pressed into it, and, and then they glazed it. And It's not something you would buy in a store. It's just not. But it's precious. It's a precious gift. In fact, it's, it's, it's not just because Megan puts her rings in it. It's because a child, one of our kids, one of her children made it for her. Made it for her. And the value in that. And sometimes what we look at as something as not being valuable, not being precious, not being good enough. To the person receiving it is the most incredible thing they've ever been given. It's the most thoughtful thing they've ever been given. See, God's gift of love is a gift that's meant to be given, not just by Jesus, but by us. That he has called us to give the gift of love out of the overflow of what he's doing in our lives. You are God's gift. I know that sometimes that statement is made, right? You'll say, what do you think you are? You think you're God's gift? You can actually say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I am God's gift to you. Now, your attitude (laughs) and your heart will determine which way that goes. But you are God's gift. That he blessed you so that you could be a blessing. He blessed you so that you could be a blessing. How do I know? Well, the very next verse in 1 John says this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So not only has he given us his gift, uh, his gift of love for our benefit, but he's given it to us and he's poured his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit so that we can then turn around and give that same gift of love to others. We set up nativity scenes and we look at pictures of Jesus in the manger, but the reality is he's not in the manger anymore. The manger was a moment in time. He grew up. He became a man. He died on the cross. He rose again and he ascended into heaven. And he's waiting to come back. Joy to the world. He's coming back. But in the meantime, his Holy Spirit has poured that same love. The agape love is expressed through Jesus Christ. Not just in his birth, but in his death. That same love has been poured into your heart. So then it can be poured out into the others. Into others around you. Even as Blake read that passage, which by the way, I'd, he picked the passage on his own. And I was like, hey, you stole my, my passage. And Micah prayed a prayer that I was like, you're preaching my sermon. <laughs> but I love that because we see how God's love and his Holy Spirit will get our attention and say, you need to understand this. God's love is for you, but it's also for other people. And I, you know, there's something about Christmas where, man, we celebrate, we love Christmas, we enjoy our time, but it can also be a gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching, emotionally taxing time. Families come together, trying to get everything ready. Maybe there's a friend or a family member that you know you're going to see that you're just not seeing eye to eye. 
Maybe you've not seen eye to eye for a long time. This is where the love of God gets to be expressed. Very practically and very tangibly. To stop and say, you know what? The love of God has been poured out into my heart, into my life. And now I have the opportunity to give something that someone wasn't asking for. That they didn't know that they needed. But I get to give it. So my question for us this morning, how are we as followers of Christ, as sons and daughters of the Most High, going to take the time this week, how are you going to find ways to show the love of God, to express the love of God? See, because his gift isn't just a gift to be received, it's a gift to be given Maybe you're thinking, I don't feel like a gift. I don't feel like a gift. I feel a little tattered and worn. But you are. See, because that little pottery jar, that little dish, was made with love. The love of a child, which Jesus talked about. Kids get love. They love unconditionally. Right? The filter hasn't been messed up. It was made with love. You were made in love. That Jesus, that God the Father fashioned you, that he formed you and he made you. The Bible says that you are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What does that mean? You're called to love. Because of his love poured out into your hearts. I want to invite us to stand this morning. Where are you at this morning? Just ask that question. Where are you? Where do these words, these verses, where do they intersect your life? Are you in a place where you are receiving the love of God? Or are you struggling? Is it hard for you to even think about receiving the love of Jesus? Maybe because of the circumstances in your life. Maybe you've never actually said yes to Jesus and received him as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity in in just a minute to do just that. Where are you in regards to giving the love of God? Is that something that's evidenced in your life? My prayer is that this Christmas it would be. Maybe in a way that it's never been before. But I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't happen by accident. You don't receive Jesus' love by accident, and you don't give it by accident. That both of those things are very intentional, very intentional. I want to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. I want to give an invitation. If you've never received the gift of God's love in Jesus Christ, if you've never said yes to him, maybe because you've never felt worthy, or maybe you've just never heard of the gift before. This morning, God is stirring your heart to say, I need to receive Jesus. If that's you this morning, if you would love to receive the gift of love in Christ Jesus this morning, with every head bowed, eye closed, would you just raise your hand so I can agree with you this morning? Awesome. See that hand. 
anyone else. Anyone else. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I receive the gift of love that you gave for me. Thank you that your love has been poured out into my heart. That you've saved me from my sin. That you've made me a new creation. In Jesus' name.